It's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henry. Medler, lovely cushion header for Gerrard! The Ghost Goal Podcast. For the sixth time in their illustrious history and a game most would consider terrible, Liverpool Football Club were victorious over Tottenham and lifted another European Cup. Also, the highly contested Europa League final slash ghost goal bowl in terrible Baku. Chelsea ran Arsenal out of the building with a 4-1 thumping. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro. And for the first time ever in our three-year history, it is great to be a champion. So I thought you were going to say someone else other than Chelsea won a, uh, won a, a cup for this podcast. <laughs> this is true. This is true. That's Alex Moss who's along for the ride. We got Javier Revelo as well. Boys, it's good to be back. I am sober for this podcast. It is not good to be back. I am not sober for this podcast, and let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I will say this. Uh, I, I, before we before I talk about how great Liverpool is and how much, you know, colors are brighter and everything is better, food tastes better, um, you know, I, I just feel healthier and I feel like a better human. I do want to say hats off to Tottenham. Great season, guys. Uh, you know, who would have ever thought we would have ever seen Tottenham play in a game like this? Uh, we'll talk about the match in a moment, but I do just want to give them their credit. This was a great season, but let's talk about six, baby. Um, you didn't even sing times. the tune? Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you. And me. I can't believe Klopp did that. That was... All-time I, moment. When I saw, the, I saw the quote and I was like, he didn't sing it, did he? And he did. The absolute madman. So I know. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. That's a new song. <laughs> You're good. Oh, yeah. I've already edited that part into the podcast right I'm now. Sure. Like, I, I'm counting on it. <laughs> Um, but also, uh, that was not even my favorite clap, like troll moment. It was the him like counting on his fingers one, two, three, four, five. And then he's like looking around and he's like, oh, he's, there it is. He's definitely seen the get Greg Popovich shift before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that, all right, that was an awful game. But that was the, like that. I think that's the best moment of my like sports rooting career. Uh, but <clears throat> let's, let's talk about the match. Uh, Liverpool opening the scoring in the second minute with a Mohamed Salah penalty off a uh, Musa Sissoko handball. And then Divac Origi. 28 seconds in. 28. (laughs) Which is funny because it's so close to 27, which would have been Divac Origi's number, which would have been real funny. Let me tell you, real funny. And speaking of that man, that man Divac, give him a life contract. Uh, Divac Origi with the late winner um, to seal it for Liverpool. Uh, and that's when the congr- congratulation, congratulatory text came in. I got those the same congrats text from Alex as I did from friend of the pod, uh, Brian Dunseth. And my my response was the same to both of you. And what was that, Alex? Uh, it, I, it can't be repeated on this podcast. This is a, a clean podcast. We don't we don't use that oh, type yeah. of language on here, Andrew. Basically but said, a, fuck you. 
<laughs> and I was like, it's two nil, and Tottenham haven't had a sniff at goal other than like maybe like two half chances. You're gonna be fine. Like, <laughs> you can't go around bragging about Virgil also, and Allison all year. Nil, and it was easy two nil. It was it, it, the the final was pretty predictable. I wouldn't say that. I honestly think the fact that 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 uh, we saw Harry Kane start was why it wasn't predictable. I think like, we were all, we were all pretty yeah, right on was, that. That was the biggest mistake, I think. I think if you could say that, if you can even call it a mistake, because it's almost impossible to not want to play your best player when he says he's fit in a final. But Lucas Moura just scored a hat trick and got you to that final, and Kane has been out for three months. Like I don't understand how he didn't start on the bench and Mora didn't start this game. I think you could tell that like. Mora coming on just I mean he couldn't make a difference as much as I think if he had started and and the only player who looked a threat throughout the game was Son so for Tottenham from a Tottenham point of view it was yeah just just I I, I don't think they got the game plan so, and, and go ahead Alex. so hindsight is 50 50 but no one could have predicted giving away a penalty 30 seconds in and basically you start the game at one nil down if you're Tottenham and so like from there Liverpool started like Obviously, sitting off a little bit more, uh, like sort of saying, we've got the lead. Let's try and hold this uh, status quo for a little bit, see how it plays out. But you guys combine that with like a pretty high line that Tottenham kept trying to get in behind, but they would get called offside. Like that's like why I guess Son was the most uh, dangerous player because he had the pace and like timing to take advantage of that. But in the process, that that completely took Harry Kane out of the game. He had four complete passes in the first half. No shots on goal. No chances, from what I can remember. And, yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree with you, but you wonder if the circumstances would have been completely the same if you're if you're not looking at 1-0 down from the very beginning of the game. So it, it, it looks bad in hindsight, and I think we all kind of agreed last week on the preview that maybe it's best that you bring Harry Kane off the bench if you happen to fall behind 1-0, uh, something like that, and... Moore's pace from the start probably would have been a nice tandem with Son to get in behind that high line. But it's it's really hard to know like whether things would have played out the same way whether if Liverpool didn't have that one goal lead right from the very beginning. Or Liverpool a bit more expansive and Tottenham get a few more like spaces in behind or get a few more spaces in possession like themselves. Yeah, it, it just kind of killed the game off it as a contest because the then at that point Liverpool were like, okay, come at us. Show us you can score on us. And like Liverpool know they had the best defense in the league all year. We like, just broke up their rhythm the that, whole time. Like anytime they started to get something going, right. like it didn't even matter if we got something going. It was our lowest yeah. passing, our completed passing percentage right. in any Champions League game. We had like 62% completed passing. And like I think our away trip to Bayern was the lowest with like 84 or something like that. That's, but 62% was Cardiff's uh, possession or not possession. It was their pass completion rate for the season in the premier league. Yep. Like that. It's not great. <laughs> Didn't need to be. We talked about it. You know, you guys talked about the opposite end with Tottenham. Like this is one game. Like who knows? Like in a, in a, in a two game leg, everyone was talking about this as Liverpool, but for Spurs, everyone's whole thing was, this is one game. Anything could happen, but yeah, we didn't play great football. It didn't matter. Like this is, this was the one game where playing great football doesn't matter. All that matters is you win. The Super Bowl was awful this year. All that mattered was that Tom Brady and the Patriots lifted their sixth title. And that's what happened with Liverpool. Like, um, it, it wasn't a great final. It really wasn't, but there's, there's two guys I want to pick out in particular. One, 
I'm so happy for Jordan Henderson for being told for years and years and years, like you'll never be something at this club or guys just absolutely destroying him and ripping him constantly to watch him lift the trophy. It clearly meant so much to him. I was so thrilled for him, but the other person, it's the guy who scored the, 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 the goal that settled it. Divac Origi, a guy who almost went to Huddersfield before the season, you know, season started a guy who comes back from the, uh, a bad loan at Wolfsburg last year and, you know, even when he came on at Everton this year, we were like, what's he going to do in this game? Scores the winner. Comes on in, in a couple other games and helps influence things. And, by, you know, when he came on in this game, I had absolutely no fear about he's not going to do anything. I knew he could be trusted. I finally believed in him again. He's still young. He he's pretty bad outside he... of the goal, though. He wasn't. Yes, for sure. But he, he scored the goal. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like, sure, yeah. I, I don't know if he's ever going to be a 10-plus goal scorer in the Premier League, but he's a Liverpool legend. He scored two against Barcelona and scores the winner, uh, scores the deciding goal against Spurs. He, I mean, I think he has it in him. He had that he had that streak uh, two or three years back where he scored in like five straight games. Was that during the Europa League, League run? And, uh, that was actually – no. Yeah, I think that was the Europa League. Yeah. Uh, no? It yeah, was during yeah, the first season of the podcast because it was when Funes Mori injured him in the derby that we that he kind of like lost that form. And then the next year, I think he went out on loan. But yeah, he, he's had his chances. It, it's there. I think he could definitely have like a 10 or 12, 13 goal season if, if, if he started, you know, at least 15 to 20 games in the league somehow, you know, if he, if he was able to play his way into the team. I, I could see that. I just don't see him starting above Firmino, Salah, and Mane, and that's that's why it's not. No, it would just take an in, like a big injury, one of them being out like four or five months, Origi gets his chance. And, and not even that long. Know. There's it a month-long like, Firmino like injury. Like, you would need Origi to come in and maybe like maybe like exactly. Rian Brewster, too. The, when you're a top team youngster. and you want to win the league, you, you need players like that, so... Yeah, no, I agree. He was he was uh, he was awesome for you guys during the Champions League, and, and you got to talk um, about Van Dyke yeah, and Allison. No, I mean, very Van Dyke had an, another yeah, amazing I mean, were, last ditch tackle on Son. That was, uh, and you saw it coming from a mile away too. And you're just like, is he going to do it? And he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And he just cleared the ball out for a corner, and you're just like, not you're not even surprised at like the amazing last ditch tackles at this point. And I think Allison got man of the match, didn't he? I suppose my who would have been I think it was Van Dyke, but it would, Allison was my man of the match. I thought he was very comfortable in goal. Even when Tottenham had their chances, I was never really worried. You know, firm hands, which is we didn't have last year. Um, it would look. I I will say the banter about the streaker being the best part of the first half was really good. I enjoyed that on Twitter. Um, she's since uh, deleted her Instagram, by the way, because I went looking for it before the show. Um, but yeah. I don't know what else to say. Like this, this game meant everything for me, and to win it meant a lot. I was literally walking around the streets of New York, hugging strangers wearing Liverpool jerseys. Um, I don't think that comes at any at surprise to anyone. Um, but I will say the cool thing was I didn't go to a soccer bar for this game. I went to just a regular run of the mill sports bar in my neighborhood, and it wasn't like body body packed, but all the tables were taken up. Every seat at the bar was taken. Like. There was a lot of people there, and someone mentioned this, that, like, you know, the way that the English Premier League teams have really broken into the average American sports fans, you know, daily livelihood on the weekends came through in this final because a lot of these – a lot of people know Tottenham and Liverpool 
as much as other people know Madrid and Barcelona, it was nice to kind of have, you know, this is our Super Bowl, and it really felt like it, at least in my neighborhood. There were a lot of places showing it. There were a lot of people wearing jerseys. It was a great day. It was an awesome day for the game. Tell me, were there people wearing jerseys of teams of the that weren't playing in the game? No. No, really? I honestly, because that's I a staple of American fans. Like, hey, the, this final is being contested between these two teams. I'm going to wear a Manchester City sh- shirt. Like, what? Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't see any international kits. I only saw Liverpool and Tottenham. But to be fair, I was kind of like, once once the game was over, it was kind of all I was seeing was red. It, but what a moment! Like, it wasn't pretty, but it doesn't matter. What a moment! So from here, I'm going to dig a little bit, and I hope you don't get too angry with me. It doesn't um, matter. We won this European Cup for this Congrats. Season. I mean, I was one of the first people to text you, congratulations. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think Liverpool have to go on, if not next year, then the year after. They have to win the Premier League title to validate is too strong of a word. But I, I think I they think, just did validate it. But I get what you're saying in a way. But to I, I think the, the the true like Champions League, uh, like the most impressive Champions League uh, winners and greatest Champions League teams of all time, all won their leagues at least in like the three or four to five years before that. Liverpool obviously haven't done that, even though they got 97 points in the Premier League this season, third highest total of any team and first team to get that many points and not win it. If they go on after this and they they win the league, maybe get to a Champions League semifinal or get to the final again and maybe don't win it, then everyone's sitting up there referring to Liverpool in the same sort of air as, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid in terms of like they're truly back and they can like command the best players in the world. But I think right now, and I think Jurgen Klopp has this in his head too, which is really good news for you guys. That's why I don't think it's that big of a dig. He's thinking to himself, this is still like part of like the development, like the progression of the team. Like what the a trophy that for most players is the highest honor you can achieve in your club career. Klopp's probably just thinking to himself, okay, now we have to go win the league to like prove that this wasn't a fluke. And to prove that we really are like the because how can you be the champion of Europe when you're not the champion of your own country? That's how what my dad always would say to me, and he was like he was saying that even when Chelsea won it in 2012, I was just like we won the double two years before we won the Champions League. This is a team of champions; they deserve to win the Champions League. And you can say that for plenty of other big clubs before they've won the Champions League. Real Madrid won the league uh, the second year of the three times they won the Champions League. Barcelona obviously win the league every year, so they're they're pretty worthy and up there. Bayern, Bayern too. So I think it's really important, not just for the sake of 30 years without a league title, but to even further validate this Champions League win for Liverpool and go and get a title next year. I agree with that, and I think even the players and uh, the, the manager and the owner all agree with that. Klopp and Wijnaldum both talked about this is not the end of the journey. This is merely the beginning. This is merely the moment where we first were able to get over the finish line. We were finally able, able to put silverware in that trophy cabinet, which we've waited since 2012 to do. This is Klopp's first major trophy with Liverpool after being there for three-plus seasons. Klopp talked about it being the beginning. Why now them in a post game talked about it being the beginning. John Henry even mentioned with the freaking trophy in his hand 
we still want to go win the, the English Premier League. We're not satisfied. This is this is only the beginning. And let me say, for every single soccer fan that said that the world is going to crumble if Liverpool win the Champions League or Liverpool win anything under Klopp. No, it's just the Premier League. The sun came up. The sun came up, and we weren't the worst people on the internet. I can I can guarantee you that. But it was it was the Premier League, Andrew. Come on, we were we were. Every, all of us knew that you guys could win the Champions League. The I Premier don't know League, about that. not I don't so know much. About that. There was a lot of there was a lot of Klopp's bottled it twice. He's lost every major, like he lost like six major finals in a row. There was a lot of talk that Klopp was never going to get this club over the line, but mainly by the haters and the doubters, of which there are many. Uh, but here we are. They're they're still gonna. I, I know there's there's rumors that they're not going to spend heavily this summer. I like to think those are false. I like to think that the club have lined themselves up very well. A majority of this squad is well under the age of 30, right in the prime of their career, and there's still more youngsters who are going to come up. Look out for Rian Brewster next year. But uh, you could say the same thing about Tottenham. I mean, they had a, a host of injuries this year. I still think that they're a major signing away from being amongst Europe's elite. But what they showed this year is that they can may, may, play before with you, the big Before boys. you go into Tottenham, can I may I, may I dive, say a little bit more about Liverpool? Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, no, I I think that Liverpool actually did it the right way though. They're like, I, I've said this to Alex like a few times where I, I don't know if there's like, I mean, what what's considered or like the term it's a new term coming into the game or maybe it's been around for a little while of like financial doping. And I don't think Liverpool, for the most part, uh, have done that. They've, you know, but most of their successes come from you know, uh, good coaching you know, uh, their academy, you know, players like Trent Alexander-Arnold, and then spending money wisely, like, you know, uh, going and spending $70 million on Van Dyke or $70 million on Allison and plugging the biggest holes in the team. So I think that this is the mo- the best managed club in the league, <clears throat> even better than Manchester City, in the sense that, you know, Man City spent a billion dollars to do what they did. Liverpool didn't. So I think if Liverpool now go progress and win the league and become, you know, perennial Champions League semifinalists and finalists like they are right now, then yeah, they're they're a huge club and and they're doing things the right way. I'm I, I think this is the start for them. Um I think they have to keep Jurgen Klopp, they have to keep their best players. You know, I think these next couple of years are going to be a huge test if they can do that. And in the past big teams like this, they've they've lost their best players. So if if that you know if that doesn't happen then then yeah you guys could have it you guys you guys have a good chance of uh, of maintaining uh, uh, but that's what I mean by why it's so important for them to win the league because you're not talking about the best players walking away necessarily if they're winning the Champions League at Real Madrid uh, Barcelona like they're going to stay there and continue to try and win it if Liverpool win the league and continue to have deep runs into Champions League then why would any player like Mohamed Salah or Mane or whoever it is think to themselves, okay, now I have to move on to another team. They just think, staying in Liverpool, we're contending for the league every year and winning it most of the time and, and getting deep in the Champions League. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's probably what I mean most by the, the validation of uh, winning the league. It's 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 continuing the winning culture is what we're talking about. And I have full faith that they're going to do that. 
there's already news that Klopp's going to get an, an extension and a raise, and he's like, why would I leave? Like, I've got such a great team. I've got a good relationship with my owners. Like, there's no reason for him to, to consider leaving, and I don't think that the – I really don't think that there's any major important player on Liverpool's team that will leave this summer. Fine, Daniel Sturridge and Adam Milana may leave, and Alberto Moreno's on his way out. But Right, so no major the, important players. <laughs> exactly. And I had someone like tweeting me about the some potential rift between Salah and Klopp today. And my response was Mohamed Salah talked about how winning the Champions League was his biggest dream as a footballer. He just did that under Jurgen Klopp. I think any quote unquote issue, which in my opinion isn't there, is I think he can get past that because him and Klopp achieved his dream already. Um, I do, like I said, I, I've tried to give Tottenham their due, but. Uh, what just some just some quick thoughts from you guys on the season that was for Tottenham in in this Champions League? Oh, uh, I was going to say let's save mostly that for the recap card because I think for them it's going to be a big let off just in the sense that they, they didn't really progress in the league. They yeah they had like a good Champions League run and that's going to add to their their coffers. Now they're going to have to go and spend. They're going to go out, go and have to spend like 150 or 200 million. And if they go and do that and get high quality players, like, I mean, they're they're being linked with players like Ndombele and Lacelso. And if they can get players that add quality to their team, even if they lose a player or two, Erickson, then going into his last year of his deal, yeah, like Erickson, um, then I think I think they can they can still do really well next year. But I think this is going to be a really important period for them because Pochettino's just there's been some crazy language from him just in this last season in press conferences, just talking about like Real Madrid openly and getting offers from them and that being an interesting thing. And just players at the club are also just looking at it, being like, "Is this really going to ever work? Are we ever going to win anything?" You know, because. It's been much longer than anything Liverpool's gone through that, you know, Tottenham's going as a club uh, in terms of a trophy drought. And, you know, they don't even win small cups or anything. So I think for some of these players, they have to be thinking every year that goes by, you know, how much longer do I, you know, how much longer. But again, getting to a final, if they spend a bunch of money, I'm sure the players will, will think, OK, we're in a new stadium. Let's give it a go again next year. But it's, it's a big, big year. They have the stadium. They got to go spend that money that they that they're going to get from getting to a final like that. So they've just got to make really difficult decisions in key areas. Like if they have to sell Ericsson, who do they get to replace him? Do they give Deli Ali more responsibility? Uh, it looks like Kieran Trippier is probably going to go to Napoli. That seems like it's pretty close to being done. And if not Napoli, he's more he's pretty likely to go somewhere else because he had a pretty terrible season. Uh, and then it makes you wonder like who would they get to replace him? Uh, can they upgrade at left back? Because those wide areas, like we said in the preview, were kind of a concern, uh, not just over the season, but definitely in this final. They just they were trying to play everything through the middle or over the top as a result. So uh, they have good players and and some great players in some positions, but in those other positions where their players are just good, a lot of times it, it can come back to really haunt them. See Musa Sissoko twenty eight seconds in pointing his hand up in the air with a, when a ball comes into the box. So we didn't talk about that penalty at all because we all agree it was a penalty, right? Yes. But, but at Not, first it did look kind of sketchy. It was, it was like you a saw little the bit soft, but, but, like, but like I think because of the direction that the ball was going and because it was like a dangerous position, then I think you can 
you can you can kind of understand why the 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 ref the refs. I thought refer- it was because his hand was in an unnatural position because his arm was up in yeah, the it air. Was. He, he was flinging his hand up in the air, and your hand like you can't be doing that. Even though he he was pointing out you know what to do, which is not not a bad thing, but you can't really be doing that in the box. You're supposed to have your hands behind your back. So I'm not going to sit here and debate the penalty because I don't need to. Uh, let's, uh, let's jump over to the final that, uh, no one attended, uh, the one that was in Baku, uh, that saw Chelsea, uh, Europa League champions once again, as they beat Arsenal 4-1, uh, quite the day for Eden Hazard, who's most likely his last game in Chelsea colors, uh, Giroud getting the opener, Pedro in the 60th, uh, Hazard in the 65th, Awobi in the 69th, nice, and Hazard again in the 72nd, um, I'll go to Alex first, um, you know, this is Maurizio Sarri's first ever trophy, a guy who coached his way up from uh, non-existent level in, in, in Amateur Italian level football. in Italy. Yeah. Amateur level. Started and coaching coach- at 40. Yeah. And he's in his 60s and, now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to start off by not talking about the game at all. Um, I just want to talk about on the last preview pod. I, I, I know Javier noticed it. I, I know even some of our listeners noticed it and I was worried for a second but as a man who grew up basically listening to uh the, the pod father himself Bill Simmons since I was in about sophomore year of high school 16 years old or something I learned very early on about the power of a well-timed reverse jinx and when you when you come into a week of Europa League and Champions League where everything's been going wrong for me in my Tottenham picks and Chelsea's season seemed to be falling apart with the Ruben Loftus cheek injury, with all of the rumors about Sari leaving, about Sari being sacked possibly, with infighting in the club during training sessions. It seemed like everything's falling apart. I was just like, you know what? Now is the time to whip out the perfect reverse jinx. So I had to pick Tottenham and Arsenal. And of course, it came through for me. Uh, I have to. I have to call out Kevin in Houston, a, a listener on the new Twitter, listener. New a new listener. listener on Twitter. He almost ruined it after the Europa League final. He tweeted at us saying, "Like, ah, Alex, he pulled off the perfect reverse jinx." I'm like, "It's not completed yet. You have to stop." <laughs> I didn't even answer. I was just like, "I'm not. I'm going to ignore this. Wait till after Tottenham lose the Champions League final. I can't go throw out the possibility of Tottenham pulling off some crazy bullshit." So the reverse jinx came through. I'm happy. You know, it's a Europa League trophy. It's like, it's slightly above an FA Cup, definitely below, a, obviously, a Champions League or a Premier League title. But, you know, it's it's solid. It's good, it's good silverware. We didn't lose in the competition. We're the first team to not lose in the Europa League while going on to win it. Uh, it's our third trophy in three consecutive seasons. Uh, it kept Arsenal from getting into Champions League and... Uh, according to most reporters, has practically uh, cut their transfer budget in half or something. So, you know, it was positive. It was keeping our enemies down and raising ourselves up. It was it was a positive result. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with all that. Um, I, I was thrilled. Like I said, I was thrilled for sorry. Uh, I was laughing. All hail the reverse jinx. <laughs> all, all hail the reverse jinx. And welcome Even Javier welcome. noticed it. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, I was the only one in the pod who got who got the got got Chelsea winning it right, but uh, I didn't it's okay. Score line right, so it doesn't, doesn't can, matter. Doesn't matter. I can sacrifice. I will sacrifice my reputation as a predictor to ensure that Tottenham don't win a Champions League and that Chelsea win the Europa League. 
I'll take that. Javier, I do want to ask, do you think Arsenal could have done it if the right lineup was available? No. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Thank you. Oh, God, I really thought he was going to say yes for a second there. I gave you the out. I literally gave you the perfect out of He's learning, Aaron Andrew. Guitarian wasn't there. He's learning. Aaron Ramsey I mean, wasn't it, there. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Maybe if we had our full team with, like, Ramsey, sure, sure. If you're saying, like, everyone healthy. But I thought you meant maybe if, like, Iwobi was starting instead of Ozil. Or, like, if Leno was starting instead of Czech. If, 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 like, those two happened, then I don't think so. I think it would have been a much closer game. But I think Chelsea probably still would have won. Um, but if we had Ramsey and... Uh, then I don't I I don't know what the result would have been. I think we could have definitely won the game. But <laughs> sounds that, like you do know what the result would have been. Even a factor. <laughs> you said I don't yeah, know what the I result would be. Uh, we yeah. definitely would have won the game. <laughs> 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 yeah, we definitely would have won. But no. All right, um, so we get Ruben and Rudiger and Hudson Odoi back. Is that is that the deal? You get Bellerin yeah, back. All right. I mean, it would be it would be it'd be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'd still really probably pick. I still probably um, think we'd win, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue. We just well, okay. So the problem so. is, it's both teams. It didn't matter which one of us it happened to. Whoever scored the first goal in that game was gonna. It was gonna be huge, and that's obviously true of many uh, general soccer games and many finals. But both of our teams have just shown this uh, <laughs> this uh, like habit of when we get scored on first, our defense just goes to shit. And it, it, so it was huge that Giroud came through against his old club. Because like the, look at the goals, the, the timing of all the goals. They're all within like 20 minutes of each other, basically. Yeah, I remember it being 1-0, and then I looked up like five minutes later, and it was like like 3-1. Or it was like 3 nothing. And I was like, what the hell is going on over here? Because I was only casually paying attention to because, I mean, this game didn't matter to me. <laughs> um, Javier, is this the hardest podcast you've ever had to do post-Arsenal loss? Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's just this was – I'll talk about it more on like the recap of Arsenal season, but it just there isn't a lot to a lot of po- well, okay, there, there's some positives to take from from the season, but out of this final, there was almost nothing. It was a terrible atmosphere. Uh, we didn't play particularly well. Uh, there weren't many players. The the only player who had a, like a decent performance was I thought Granite Jaka. Everyone else just. And then the players who came on, it will be Willock, and um, it, it seemed like as soon as we we went down the first goal, everyone put their heads down, and we've done that a lot this season. Where, you know, not necessarily in, we've come back many many times this year, but it's usually been at home, and the atmosphere just wasn't there this game. So it just felt like, like Alex said, like the first goal was so important, and because it was Olivier's root, it hurt so much, like. Like, I was devastated when he scored. I was just like, no, not him. If it had been Hazard, everyone would have just been like, fuck it. Like, we can come back. Let's go. But, like, Giroud scoring. And it was a filth. It was filthy, just, like, him too. Not it was a typical Giroud The goal. way it happened, it was devastating. It was devastating. And I think the big reason why Czech was playing was because he's probably still better than Leno on crosses and on, like, headers and stuff. He's supposed to be in there to be able to... Like knock the ball away from from Giroud, but you can't do anything on a cross that's, you know, almost at the eighteen that he heads in into the corner. And yeah, I mean, I I I don't know if Leno would have made a save or two on on some of the goals and being been able to prevent them. He wouldn't. But 
you could tell that we suffered distribution wise and our back line and just the whole team was a lot more nervous with check in the game purely because when we have that lineup um, that we play five at the back, you got to be able to pass at the back and you have to be able to move the ball from side to side. And Leno is just so much better at that. And he can find um, passes between the lines to our, to our forwards. And they had very little service this game. So, you know, I, I have to call out Ozil as well, who was just absolutely dreadful a, um, at halftime. I he texted was a ghost. Alex. Number one, saying I was very nervous. It was 0 0, but I, I just didn't have a good feeling about the game, especially because of the way Ozil was playing. He was just an absolute ghost, was terrible on the ball, kept losing and, and flopping and trying to get fouls that weren't getting called. And yeah, it was just, it was. I think because he was on the pitch, he just dragged everyone else down. And as soon as we went down 1-0, everyone was like, fuck, we have Mesut Ozil on our team and we're down 1-0. So, like, we have to play with nine men now. Because, like, he didn't do anything for the rest of the game as soon as we went down 1-0. Like, nothing. Didn't touch the ball, I don't think. Make a tackle. Like, he just stopped doing his responsibility. And then he took his good dear time to and, walk yeah. slowly off the field when he was substituted off. And then, and then, yeah, exactly. And then was like bitching. When right, he got can taken I get off, grip, bro? Just, you suck now. Yeah. And as soon as he comes off, it will comes on and scores a goal. A beautiful like, goal that yeah. had me worried for a yeah, second. Cause three nil was the most dangerous lead in Europe this season. I don't know if you heard Andrew, but, uh, a lot of teams yeah, came worried. back from three nil down to win games. And we have a pretty, crappy defense when we feel like it so to get the fourth like a couple minutes after that to settle things was it was the perfect send-off for hazard i will say there was also a really really good chance in the 12th minute for obamiang where uh i think keppa made a save and it deflected like to the top of the box to obamiang who just kind of had an open net and he i guess he thought that there was defenders near him because he just tried to volley it but there was no one within like two yards of him he could easily just taken a touch and tapped it into the goal but yeah it was kind of bizarre that he just f- fired at it just tried to you know he's done that many it's times it's not bizarre he just tries very to normal. it and yeah he misses those chances and and again it's it's if he gets sold this summer i will be pleasantly surprised cuz i'm sure we'll get a lot of money for him and i would rather have Lacazette starting every game and taking the penalties um i think that it's detracted from him Lacazette, even though he's had his best season ever, even though they're best buds, he'll, yeah, I think he'll be better off having two fast wingers who can feed him instead of having a, a, a makeshift winger in Aubameyang who takes all the penalties and misses a bunch of chances. So I, yeah, uh, we got a lot of rebuilding to do. A lot of a lot of um, I think the the whole forty million budget was very much. Uh, I mean, that's bullshit. So you're saying Ornstein, your best reporter, Ornstein, he's no longer reliable? Because that was his report. Yeah, the horse's mouth. I mean, ever since, yeah, definitely not. Ever since uh, Unai Emery came to the club and uh, especially Gazidis got taken out, Ornstein hasn't had a clue of basically what's going on in Arsenal. It's Hmm. been, I mean, they've just moved all the people that were in there out. So I think a lot of the old sources that he may have had have aren't there anymore. So yeah, we'll see. I don't think it's, th- I don't think Arsenal's as transparent or as, you know, I, I think last summer we- people were kind of surprised that we, uh, at some of the players we got. And yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this summer they, they've been planning and, and having a contingency plan for if we don't get champions league, even though the plant, the, the, the team did 
you know, especially in the last few weeks of the season, everybody thought we were going to get the Champions League in one way or another, whether it be, you know, through the last five games of the season or through Europa. So, yeah, I'm sure the club is is scrambling now to 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 get the plans together, and I'm sure a bunch of players who are maybe on the list were probably are now just saying, ah, oh, mm, yeah, I might look elsewhere now. I think the one thing that we have an advantage over, you know, a team like Tottenham and even Liverpool, um, even though Liverpool have been upping their wages, is just the money. Like the money that you that we pay the players, you know, it, it, players who especially who come on a free, they can they can get paid a lot of money at Arsenal. Um, oh, what like Mesut have been. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I an just, example. I, I'm just, for, but we'll be getting like rid the of quality of player you sure. attract is undoubtedly like it's it's hampered, obviously. Uh, so it doesn't matter how much you're willing to pay them, you're not going to convince like top level players to play Europa League just by paying them more. I don't. I mean. There's been plenty of players who've gone on freeze um, who are excellent, and that's that's. I mean, that, that's not necessarily true. It's just most of the time it's a it's a player who's, you know, either was a very good player who who, who they couldn't decide to sell, or they're an older player who's a little bit more experienced, and you you might be taking a little bit of uh, a gamble on. Either way, it's probably a gamble. Like Lichtsteiner? like for example, a player like Rabio who's who's just been unsettled at PSG. But he's just at the end of his contract. I don't now, think he's going to settle he's... for non-Champions League, though. He wants to earn his way back into the French national team, and like, fine, he might not be able to start it. Hey, money talks. I mean, you're not going to go to Tottenham for eighty thousand a week when Arsenal can offer you one hundred and eighty or one hundred and seventy thousand a week. So that's it's for a very I mean, different podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I... It is. But I'm saying. Uh, we, uh, You're basically in yeah, the embodiment the, of the everything is fine gif of the dog sitting there while everything's burning around him. Just like everything's fine. I'm fine. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to be fine. <laughs> That's just what I heard for the last however long you yeah, were talking. Yeah, that made, that made <laughs> everything's fine, guys. We're okay. <laughs> um, Damage right. mitigation. Uh, I just want to say, you guys both mentioned the atmosphere of the game, and I just wanted to like try and sum it up very quickly because it was a huge factor. Like ten minutes would go by where nothing would happen. Like it just felt almost like a friendly, and not like a friendly uh, with, with no stakes. It felt like the final of a preseason friendly in Singapore, where you're playing yeah. another good team and you kind of want to win because they're your rival, but you also don't want to get anyone injured or like really risk anything too much. And that's, I mean, I, again, bringing in the fact that that first goal was so important, that kind of, you know, jolted the game awake and made everyone realize, oh yeah, we're in a final. Oh crap. We have to do something if we don't want to be out of Europe next year. And that Arsenal reacting so much to try and get back into the game opened up those, those counterattacking opportunities for Hazard and Pedro and, and Giroud after that. So um, the, 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 the atmosphere was, but like you said, awful, and in turn, that had a huge effect on the game. Overall, a pretty crappy week of English clubs playing in finals. If you look at it from like the rest of the world standpoint, they're probably all kind of looking at English the English clubs, thinking, "Well, that was shit. <laughs> we never get that yeah. again." <laughs> I will say, I've never been more nervous watching a Liverpool game than I was on on Sunday or Saturday. Like I was, even you weren't we were underdogs. Up, yeah, even though I wasn't, yeah, it wasn't even that. Even though I wasn't like, even though we were up early, I was still like anything could, you know, anything could happen. Anything could happen. I like, 
I didn't really like start to calm down until like the late in the second half. It was like 20, 30 minutes left. It was like, okay, like this is, this is real. Like this is really happening. I'm really watching this. Like there was, there were a lot of nerves. Like even like I was watching the TV and like commenting on stuff, but like I was, there was a lot of just 100% eye in the prize. Like, I just want to say, yeah. Andrew, you're a lucky son of a bitch because five years into your fandom, you won the Champions League, or four years? Uh, no, five it's years? more than five that. years into it's your way fandom. more than that. I started watching them. And I saw them lift more? the Carabao Cup. The, the, it was the it wasn't the Carabao Cup at the time, but I saw them lift the the, the league, league Cup. Cup with yeah, with Suarez in and Gerard's last cup. So, so gotcha. this, is, this is a considerable gotcha. what a disappointing was, was six, previously high ago. moment. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah, I, I yeah. yeah. I've been I joined Arsenal in, in two thousand six and since then Javier is the curse. <laughs> I mean three FA Cups, but This it's is a like, very common thread between I've the been, two of us. I've, Javier I've, is the curse. Ever since he became a fan yeah. of Arsenal, they've gone to shit. <laughs> well, right. thank and you. then Chelsea have just been amazing and winning trophies ever since then. It's just like ah, oh, come on, man. Uh, and now Liverpool get to win a Champions League and Arsenal finish Outside of Champions League, it's it's miserable. I will say the yeah, scene. This was a terrible. Enjoy Carabag away, you fucks. Wrap it up, guys. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> Alex, uh, we do have a new Ghost Goal Bowl that we get to we get to have. We've got the uh, European the Super, super Cup. Ghost Goal Bowl. We're gonna go yeah, the Super, super Ghost, Ghost, Ghost Goal Bowl. I think I just leave this. I'm vomiting right <laughs> Live now. Live from this Istanbul. Is uh, but I will. I don't know why we're still talking. Uh, one about last this. thing. This is, that's in like three months. There's a lot. One last thing. On Did you guys it. see the clip of Wijnaldum dropping his phone? Yeah. I did. While being, he was live on Instagram. Dropped his phone from the top of the bus. Someone like hands it back up to him, and it's he's like, oh, it still works. And he was like live on Instagram the, the entire the, the time. The smile on that rivaled N'Golo Kante. I will say, and you know, they takes. Gini Wijnaldum has a great smile. Gini, if it we're rivals N'Golo. We're talking Mount Rushmore of smiles in the Premier League. Like, Jeannie Wijnaldum is the representative of Liverpool for best smile. That's all I got to say. That's, that's all I got to say. Um, follow us on Twitter at Andrew Passar, at ASMOS92, at Ghost Gold Pod, at Javier Rev9. Uh, like, review, subscribe. Uh, we're going to have year in review pods coming for coming over the next few weeks. We'll let you guys know on Twitter and Instagram about that. We want you guys to get involved. We've got a voicemail number. You can always shoot us a tweet uh, for your thoughts about your club. We're going to do all the major Give six. Give them the voicemail wanna, number. Yeah, uh, I think it's 202-643-8191. I'm ninety percent sure that's right. I don't. I don't have my Twitter logged in. Well, right, you so. you guessed it last week, and someone called. So that's right. <laughs> well, I also it put it right. on Twitter. I also put it sure. on Twitter, um, which I'll do for those future pods. Um, so yeah, we still got content coming. We'll probably take a little bit of time here and there, but uh, we're gonna do our best to make sure that you guys are entertained while you're going to the beach, while you're going to the lake, while you're going on vacation, maybe to Europe, maybe to go watch your team play in a preseason friendly. Whatever it is, hopefully you'll be riding with us. And until next time. Oh yeah.